How do you know if your employees are doing their job and being successful at it? How do you know if your company is being successful? And how do you know if you're doing your job and you're being successful? Find out on this edition of What's Next Dentistry. Hello and welcome to another edition of What's Next Dentistry. This is Dr. Mark Sivers from Boston. Thank you for joining us. It's great to have you with us on this podcast. I'd like to thank our sponsors, Laeta. Check them out at laeta.com and see how they can improve your profits, work-life quality, and time off. In this edition, we'd like to talk about the things that are involved with being an employee, being a business owner, knowing if you're doing your job, and most importantly, knowing if you're being successful. I think so many of us show up at the office, start working, and aren't quite sure are we doing our job as it should be done? And most importantly, are we being successful at it? And is our boss happy with our performance? Or are the stakeholders or shareholders in our company happy with our performance? Now, some of you employers might be thinking, well, I own this company. I'm happy with what's going on. But I would say that there are more shareholders or more stakeholders involved than you might think. And what I mean by that is there are people whose lives revolve around your success. You being successful is very important to them. Some of you are married. Some of you have children. Some of you have employees. And you can say, well, they're my employees. And I would say they're your shareholders. They're your stakeholders because they're counting on you to be successful so that they can live their dreams and aspirations. So I'd ask you to think for a minute about this concept of what is my job? Am I doing it successfully? And are all the shareholders or stakeholders happy with my performance? And how would you know that? So many of you have looked at this idea of having key performance indicators in your practices or in your businesses, and I think that's a wonderful concept. And we've talked about that and figuring out what are the things that I should track and I should monitor as a business owner. What I'd like to speak to you today is about this concept of having a scorecard. And what that means effectively is that each employee knows what their job is, and they have a way of knowing Am I being successful at my job? I spoke with one of the head people at UPS years ago in the Boston area, and he was telling me, you know, I'm responsible for all of these people, and I go in and I do the very best that I can. I'm not sure what the full explanation is of my job and all of my duties, and I certainly don't know whether I'm being successful or not. I meet with the person that's in charge of this operation once or twice a year. He says... You get a raise or you don't. We chat a little bit about what I'm doing, but I never really know what is the full scope of my duties. I also never know, am I winning or not? I just know, am I getting a raise or not? Now, some of you can say, well, if you're getting a raise, that means you're winning, but he doesn't actually know for certain that he is winning. And so this is where this concept of having a scorecard comes so that people know exactly what is expected of them, what is required of them. What are the three or maybe four most important things? And if you can put down the top three things, that's much better than putting down the top four because people can keep track of three pretty well. When they move to four, they start losing about 25% of their remembrance of what's going on. I would really focus on three things. If you can focus just on two, that's even better. And wow, if you can pare that down to one, that's the ideal. So in there, there should be a very clear explanation of what is to 
what is expected of them. So for example, I remember I had a woman that was working in my call center and I said, um, what do you think your job is? And she said, well, I need to answer the phones. And I said, well, yes, but what's your job? And she said, well, I want to make sure that I answer the phones. And I said, okay, um, let's talk. Because clearly I had not helped her understand what her job was. Because in my mind, her job was not just answering the phones. Her job was not just answering questions. Her job was helping the business thrive and be successful and grow. But yet she didn't see that. That wasn't, in her mind, her job. Whose fault was that? Hers? No, absolutely not. That was mine or the person that was responsible for her training and for helping her see what the vision was of her role. And so this idea of having a scorecard for someone like this and actually for everyone in your organization allows them to know my job is growing the business and the way I do that is by effectively and efficiently answering people's questions and the way that I answer people's questions is by responding to the phone. And so you can see the benefits of having this scorecard and you can see why it's so important that people have a clear vision and understanding of what is my job? And most importantly, how do I know that I'm gonna be successful? So once you've written out, your job is to help grow the business, and the way that you do that is by answering people's questions, and the way you answer their questions is on the phone. The way that you measure your success is by setting up some sort of indicator or some sort of measure or some form of accountability that allows you to know, I have done my job well. I have done my job and exceeded expectations, or I have done my job and I am one of the best in the entire company. So let's talk about that for a minute. How do you set that up? What do you do so that someone feels both encouraged and supported in their job and also feels encouraged and motivated to go above and beyond what their job is? So the way that we've done that with these scorecards is we've said, um, if you have an average number of calls per month, that's great. If you're able to respond to an above average number of calls, that's even better. And if the company is doing better from the phone calls that you are making, then we're going to actually incentivize you to do that. So just to be clear, we figure out what is the average number of calls in a month. Your job is to get those people in and have the business flourish from them coming and being a part of our organization. If you beat that baseline of the average number of calls, then we reward you. And we might give you a few extra dollars, or we might give you something additional per phone call above and beyond that number. Or we might give you a gift card, or we might give you more time off, or we might give you some sort of a prize. And we would figure that out based on what's important to you and what motivates you and what gets you excited. Clearly some people it's money, others it's time off. Third people might want a gift and a fourth group of people might not actually know. You might actually have to experiment a little bit and figure out what does get them excited and you'll be able to see by the reaction on their face and how they respond, how motivated they are month by month to keep pressing forward. And you may need to change things up and people typically with incentives over time if they're not being rewarded with something that's meaningful, 
the incentive loses all of its impact and becomes meaningless. So it's very important to understand people and make sure that they're feeling listened to and they're feeling motivated and they're getting things that incentivize them. And the key here, though, is to make sure that it's very clear you have this baseline and then when people go above and beyond that, they know that and they're rewarded accordingly. And when they go above and beyond that even still, there is additional compensation or reward or incentive or whatever that might be. So just to be clear, let me set, show, the, how, show you how we set this up in our office. So we looked over the previous months and we figured out, ah, oh, the average number of calls that we were having was 40 per month. If you got 40 calls per month, that was great. And we obviously compensated you with your normal compensation for that. The moment that you got to 50 calls per month, then we gave you a certain dollar amount per call. And I think it was an additional $5 per call. And once you got above uh, that 50 number to our goal that was 60, then we were giving you uh, certain prizes or more time off or additional things, not huge amounts of money or not huge amounts of time off, but a little something to say thank you and give people acknowledgement for what they were doing. But most importantly, what we would do is we would set up things where people realized, I am not just answering the phone call, but the business is growing. And we would see that in our daily report of how the business had done in terms of money generated the day before and money collected the day before. And we would be able to see that for every phone call that was made today, those patients would be coming in within the next couple of weeks or two. And we try to get them in the same day or the day after, but some people's schedules were such that they weren't looking for a same day appointment or a next day appointment. They were looking to come in a week or two. And what we would see is once the patient would come in, then typically within the next couple of months, we would see an influx of revenue. And that is because typically people have to organize their lives and some people have to digest the information that they, you have given them before they actually schedule to come in and do a procedure. And so the front desk, when they were taking the call, they would typically see the rewards or the fruits of what they had done within a couple of month period. We would look at incentivizing them based on how the company was doing. And so let me give you an example of that. If in December there was a larger number than usual of people coming into the office because of the people answering the phone, we knew that in February we would see an increase in revenue. We would speak with the front desk and get them really motivated each month and then incentivize them based on the actual dollars flowing into the practice. Now, this created some tension, as you can imagine, because there were as many phone calls ringing as our marketing department was actually going out and soliciting. And there were as many phone calls ringing as doctors calling patients or hygienists calling patients or assistants calling patients and reaching out to them to say, I'm thinking of you or I'm following up with you or I wanted to answer whatever questions you had of me about your treatment so we can get you scheduled and come in. And we would also have business people that would be following up routinely and sending emails and sending texts to make sure there was a steady flow of patients. But you can see the tension between those phones ringing and the marketing team and the clinical team reaching out and the also business team reaching out to follow up with patients to get them scheduled and get them in. And so that tension is actually good. You might see that tension erupt at points 
and people saying, hey, I'm really working to get my next incentive or to have my rewards kick in at this next tier, and I really need everybody to pull together. And that's actually very good. And those are the dynamics of teamwork that you want. And it's going to take some time for people to wrestle and kind of work with that and hash it out and get working. And the team becomes more and more well-oiled or the machine becomes better oiled as time goes on. And that tension is there and people wrestle through how to make things better. What ideally happens and what we see typically is that the front desk will be speaking with the marketing team. The front desk will be speaking with anybody they see that has apparent downtime to say, hey, I have a list of people to call. Can you help me call them and let's get them scheduled so that your schedule is filled, I'm taking more phone calls, the business is doing better, and everyone is growing. And so there's this real synergy that occurs when people begin working together encouraging one another and leveraging each other's time, abilities, and experience, and most importantly, connections with patients to get the business growing. Oftentimes, as business owners, we'll see this tension. Uh, we don't like tension typically, but this is actually a very good tension. And you want to work with people so there's no, clearly, drama in the office, but that there's encouragement and there's support and there's guidance and there's dialogue because somebody might see routinely, Jenny has some downtime, doesn't appear that she's doing a whole lot with that. And so training your team, what do you do with the Jennies? How do you approach them in a way that isn't offensive, that isn't accusatory? And one of the examples that we've used to uh, teach this is this idea of communication. And so we use what's called a Colby evaluation, K-O-L-B-E, so that everybody knows what each other's communication style is. And you can go to colby.com and see the four different communication styles that people have, and then you can speak to that level of communication. So let me tell you how this works. So I would go to Jenny, and everybody wears a name tag, and on their name tag there would be written Jenny, and there would be written hygienist, of course, and then there would be her Colby evaluation so that I could see what her specific language is and how to specifically address her. So I see that on her evaluation, on her name tag, um, she needs lots and lots of facts. And what we know is that people, need people who need lots of facts, they're fabulous people to have on the team, but they also need deadlines. And sometimes they might need more facts to actually help them process what it is they need to do and to get things done, and the deadline really helps. So I would go to Jenny. I would see that she needs lots of facts. And I would say, Jenny, I see that you have some downtime. Thank you so much for what you've done in the past. Help me understand what you do now with your downtime. Jenny then responds, and I say, I like what you're doing, or you could be doing this, or I really need your help. Could you come and help me out? So you want to really listen and you want to do so without any judgment, and then you want to figure out where the person is. If they uh, could be doing more with their downtime, then you'd say, I could really use your help. Could you help me? And I could really use your help today by noon. Can you help me today by noon? And that sets that deadline because fact finders or people who need lots of facts need to have a deadline. Jenny's can say yes or no, Yes, I can help you, 
by today at noon, or no, and depending on her answer, you can have a discussion, and you can once again encourage her and motivate her and support her in her helping you and helping the business grow. But it's very important, listen first, understand, and then set deadlines. Other people like to know the whole process. So we've talked about the people that need facts. Other people need to understand the whole process. And we call these people follow-through people in their Colby evaluations. And what this means is that to do C through J, they need to know, know A through Z. And if they don't know A through Z, they're going to really struggle doing C through J. And so you would look at their name tag, look at their evaluation, and see, oh, do you need to know the whole process? Fabulous. Let me tell you the whole process. Your part is C through J. Here's A through Z. And I'd like to make sure that you're feeling supported in what you're doing. Is there anything that I can do to help you and support you get through C through J? Because we really need your part of the process right now. That's a critical step in helping the business grow. So anything that I can do to support you. They then know, ah, the business really needs me now. I need to step up my game. And my supervisor or my coworker or my boss has come by to say, hey, this is really important. How can I help you? This is a wonderful way to get people motivated, a wonderful way to have people feel supported and encouraged in what they're doing. Now, some people might have a Colby score where they are what's called a quick start. And that is they need just enough information to get going. And once they've got that information, they're good and they will run. So you want to, with these quick starts, you'd read on their name tag, they're a quick start or not. You want to then see, um, do you have the information you need to execute on this project and get this done? And simply ask them and they'll say yes or no. And they'll say, based on their answer, then you can either give them more information to then launch them, or you can say, great, we really need you focused on this. We need all of your effort on this because we're really trying to get the business to grow in this specific area, and they will then launch into that. The fourth person is the person that needs to see an example or a model of what is to be done before they fully understand. And with these people, oftentimes you can draw it out and take them a visual and kind of give that to them and then with that visual that they're holding, they can kind of look at that and manipulate that and understand what needs to be done and their role in doing that. All too often, I think, we are not giving all the facts to the fact finders. We are not giving the full process to the follow-throughs. We are not giving just enough, enough data to launch the uh, quick starts. We typically bog them down and want to just give them more and more data. And they're saying, no, I don't want any more. Let me go and do, and we're holding them up. And then finally, we typically don't give enough visuals or give enough models to people that need those um, models to make decisions or to help them make decisions and help them work through what they're doing. And so we struggle. And we struggle as business owners, and we get frustrated, and sometimes people get fired, and that's all really unnecessary. It's our fault, or it's our manager's fault, and we need to be better owners or better managers, and we need to be more supportive with the employees that we have and help them feel motivated and incentivized by us. And this can happen predominantly because we're speaking their language, and we know that, because our team has taken the Colby evaluation. So coming up with this scorecard so that people know 
What is my job? How do I know if I'm doing it successfully? How do I know, how do I know if I'm a superstar in this? And setting that up so people can see that is really important. And with that scorecard, and then meeting with them on a routine basis and letting them know, hey, I saw your scorecard, I saw your performance, you're doing a great job. That then gets people excited about what they're doing, gets them motivated to come to work, gets them showing up, and gets them engaged, and you speaking their language is very meaningful to them and is a way of helping them feel appreciated and wanted in the business and having them stay and be loyal to the company and helping it grow and helping see it flourish and helping as they are a stakeholder or a shareholder in the company, um, allowing them to live their dreams and aspirations just as you as a business owner might be doing the same as your company grows. I hope this has been helpful to you. I'd love to speak to you more about key performance indicators, scorecards, and all of this. If you have questions, reach out to me. Thanks for joining this podcast. Thank you.